Well, church family, I want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, as you've already seen with the video we just played and Pastor Deb earlier in the service, uh, just together we want to say happy Thanksgiving. And we really pray that this is a blessed week for you, that you experience the presence of God uh, in your home, no matter what your gathering looks like this year. I, I don't know about you, but I definitely didn't think back in March and April of this year that by Thanksgiving that we would still be in the place that we are uh, and that this pandemic would still be lingering. I really thought that by the holidays we would be in a different situation. Um, but, but the reality is it's not, not only that we're still dealing with it, it, it's in a time where things seem like they're not even getting better, they're getting maybe a bit worse. Um, and so as we approach this holiday season, as we approach Thanksgiving this week, and then in short order as we, as we come into Christmas, uh, it might be that there's a unique stress to this, this time for you. Uh, I think every year there's an awareness that for some people that the holidays bring a level of stress and, and it's not always just a, the joyous season uh, that we, we would hope that it would be. It might be that this year, though, that that's even compounded all the more and perhaps you're facing some level of sadness. Uh, I, I think for all of us, there is a degree of sadness that we're feeling over some of the, the loss of the ability for us to be able to connect and do the things that we would usually do during the season. Um, and maybe even a, a level of grief over things that have been lost over this year, whether that's health or or, or finances, or a job, or just the ability to, to be with people that you love, or, or even for those who've maybe lost loved ones, uh, whether whether due to COVID or not, the loss of a family member is uh, or a friend is very, very difficult. Um, and we can't be together as usual. And that's tough. That, that's hard. And it could be that you're just not in the mood. Um, you might be going, wow, Pastor Barry, this is a way to start on a, p- a positive note. But I think, you know, there's something about when we pause and we just recognize that this is tough. This is hard. This is not what we would choose, but it's where we find ourselves. And then we would sit in that place for a little bit and just invite the Lord into de- to that. And that's, that's what I want to do today. You know, I, I think some people are not in the mood and others are like jumping right to Christmas, have the decorations up, have the house ready to go. The lights are up. Uh, and, and we're kind of all over the place, all over the map. And I want to say in the, in the midst of this jumbled up, weird season we're in, I'd like to today share some heart, uh, thoughts from my heart, uh, just some things that are stirring my heart, some things from, from Scripture, uh, even just sitting in kind of a, a different context today. Um, I, of course, I'm, I'm not with you physically there uh, in your home or wherever you're watching this service, but I'd like today to be less preachy and just more a conversation, some things that I, uh, I have been stirring in my heart, some things that I've been wrestling with. Um, uh, I shared this with our staff last week during our staff meeting. Uh, this, this idea of blessing really has been, uh, st- I've been wrestling with it. And, and what does God's blessing look like? And, and when we pray and we ask for God's blessing in our lives, what is it that we're really expecting? And is there uh, an expectation from us towards the Lord to say, God, this is what I want this to be. This is what blessing, uh, the, the package of blessing looks like in my life. Or are we open to receive what it, whatever it is that God would bring us? I was, I was struck by the fact that 
uh, 11 of the 12 apostles were martyred for their faith, that they were tortured, that they gave their very lives for their faith. And, and I wonder if, if we were to talk to any one of them, if we had the opportunity to, to do a face-to-face interview and ask them, would you consider yourself to be blessed? I'm sure that all of them would say, absolutely. So maybe we have just a very different picture of, of blessing. And, and I think as we come into Thanksgiving this year, as we really this week turn our attention to and think about what, what are we thankful for that, that would be reframed in our hearts a little bit. And so I just want to, let's have a conversation about that. I'd, I'd love to, to, to engage with you. If, uh, if you're watching live today, hop in on the chat section um, and, and share some thoughts there. Uh, maybe talk about uh, what it is you're thankful for. And I'm going to give place for that even at the end of the, our time together today. But uh, there'll be some prompting, some questions in the chat. Um, and so we'll, let's just dive into the word today. I'm going to pray and, and ask that the Lord would direct our time. And then uh, we're going to read some passages of scripture. So Father God, I thank you for your goodness. And I thank you for your faithfulness in the midst of disorienting uh, and and confusing times in the midst of times where things just seem to be uh, up. uh, There's upheaval upon upheaval. God, that you do not change, that you are consistent, that you are constant, that you are certain. And so, Lord, we turn our focus to you today. I pray that our hearts would be encouraged and that we would find strength in your word in Jesus name. Amen. Uh, I'm going to spend some time in the Psalms today. The passages will be on the screen. If you have your Bibles with you, uh, I encourage you to open to Psalm 100. Uh, I'm going to read Psalm 100. In fact, we just heard that Psalm read in the the video that that came right before the message. But uh, I want to read this for us today. It says this, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. I love that. I love the psalm. It's a, it's a psalm that was written by Moses. I think we sometimes think that, that the majority of the psalms were written by David, and he certainly did write a lot of them. But this is a, a psalm that is attributed to, uh, to Moses, to the, the man who was appointed by God to lead the children of Israel out of bondage, out of slavery, through the Red Sea, uh, and into the promised land that wandered around the desert for 40 years. Um, but, but this was God's man to, to do this work. And, uh, and so Moses writes this psalm. He writes this, this, this jubilant expression of praise, this shouting, this worshiping, this come before him with songs. And, and there's just an energy. I know if you sense that there's an energy to this, to the psalm. Uh, and, and this focus on who God is, and even as this year, I've been at, we've been asking this question, who is God, as we've turned to Scripture to discover uh, His nature and His character, 
to, to discover attributes and uh, fresh attributes of who he is and, and what makes God God. This is such a great psalm to, to coincide with that. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. This idea of shouting for joy, worshiping with, with gladness, gladness. Like I just said a few minutes ago, this may or may not be how you're feeling right now. You may not be coming into this week going, well, I just feel all of this joy welling up inside of me. And that's okay. Let me say that. It's okay. This is, this is not a case of fake it till you make it. This is not a case of just, well, I'm just going to put on a show and I'm just going to be jubilant. Because we, we can't. You and I emotionally, spiritually, that's not how we're wired but we have to have a, a focus for our Thanksgiving. We have to have something that we can point to and say, this is, this is what I'm thankful for. And we'll, we'll turn to that here in just a second as we kind of unpack what the psalmist writes. You might not be thinking this, but, but, but Moses writes, enter his gates with thanksgiving. And he's courts with praise, give praise to his name. And this picture is coming from the outside into the inside. For the Israelites in the desert, it would have been the tabernacle that there was the structure that was set up in the very center of the camp that, and it was where the presence of God dwelt. And the people would come to worship and they would go from the outside. There was a, a curtain or a wall, a, a mobile wall that was set up around the uh, round the tabernacle and they would come from the outside of that place into this through the gate through this opening into the presence of the Lord where the presence of the Lord is and was and 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 they would come with singing and thanksgiving and they would come with praise and and there's this amazing picture of moving from an exposed place into a protected place into a, a place that wasn't safe into a space that definitely was safe, a place where there you were surrounded and and there was this this as as the crowd came together, there was this focal point of the tabernacle, and there would have been the the altar where they offered the incense and they where they offered the 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 sacrifices of the animals and and all of these things going on it was a very busy and active place, but there was this jubilation as people turned their focus from whatever was going on in their lives, they turned their focus to the presence of God. And this was the anchor for Moses. This is the anchor in this passage. Listen for it. He says, for the Lord is good. For the Lord is good. How do we come into his presence with thanksgiving? How is it that we're able to turn and, and come into this place no matter what's going on in our lives? We turn our focus to the goodness of God. For the Lord is good. His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues to all generations. It continues. It keeps going and going and going. See, praise for, for them and for us is not based on our circumstances. God is worthy to be praised no matter what's happening in our lives. And, and I, if we were together in person, I would say, can I get an amen to that? Now, it might not be a hearty amen. It might not be a, yes, I'm with you. But I think there's something about us who, who, who love Jesus and walk with the Lord where we recognize that even in the midst of the trials, even in the midst of the struggles, that God's presence is there with us. And he becomes this anchor for us. 
in the midst of struggles, in the midst of adversity, in the midst of pain and suffering. See, their praise was based on God's goodness, not on their circumstance. And for the same reason for us today, that we can enter into his courts and enter into his presence with praise and thanksgiving. Not that we would fake it, but God is consistent from generation to generation. And as we would turn our attention to him and look to him and say, Lord, you are worthy of praise. And so I come to you with thanksgiving, allowing our hearts to overflow with thankfulness to him. I really believe that we don't do this enough. I, I think it's great that we have a holiday uh, here in this country where we're able to stop once a year and gather with family or, or celebrate with food and come to the table and break bread. Uh, but really, this, is, this should be a daily occurrence for us, that our attention should so be on the goodness of God. For, for Moses and in the Old Testament, it was called loving kindness. It was his loving kindness. The Hebrew word in the Old Testament was the word chesed. Chesed. It was his loving kindness. If you want to try that chesed. Um, there's really no appropriate English words that translate the full meaning behind chesed. We, we, we translate it, commentators translate it as loving kindness. Uh, but it falls short of really capturing the heart of God, the, the, the goodness of God. This is a word that, that is really all-encompassing. It just it kind of wraps up all of his characteristics, all of the, the, the faithfulness, the graciousness, the lovingness, the provision, the kindness, all of these things, and kind of wraps it up into one word. And it's a word that Moses would have been familiar with. Because he came face to face with it. It was something that, that, that Moses was keenly aware of. Listen, listen to what God says about himself in Exodus 34. This is Moses and God up on the mountaintop when God is giving the Ten Commandments. So it's just Moses and God. And God, God declares this about it himself. It says this, And he passed in front of Moses proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger abounding in love and faithfulness. This is how God described himself. This is how God expressed himself to Moses. I am the Lord, and he repeats it, the Lord, the Lord. There is no other God. And he says, I am compassionate. I am gracious. I am slow to anger. I am abounding in love and in faithfulness. Moses had a front row seat to God's faithfulness. Everything from the burning bush to the, the, the plagues in Egypt to the, the leading of the children of Israel out of Egypt through the Red Sea to them being in the desert, God's provision in the desert. And over and over and over, Moses had a front row seat to God's faithfulness. Now remember, there were, there, they were not without suffering. They were not without pain. It was not a walk in the park. It was a walk in the desert. It was a difficult, difficult place to be, but God was faithful, and Moses declares out of this time in the life of Israel and in, and in his own life, sing, shout, praise, worship, come into his gates with thanksgiving, and just look at the goodness of God, and let your heart well up, and let your mouth open up, and let there be this praise that would pour out to him. See, God was, and God is firmly in control. I want to turn to another book of the Bible for a minute. 
I want to talk for a few minutes about Job. Um, I don't ever think I've preached on Thanksgiving or around Thanksgiving out of the book of Job. Uh, It's not the the go-to book of the Bible when it comes to Thanksgiving. Um, And maybe it fits a little bit better this year, and maybe you understand why I would be turning to this book. But there's a passage in the book of Job and something that Job declares that I think is so key for us to understand. And uh, Job is a a, a man in the Bible. It's a book of the Bible. It tells about the the life of this man who, uh, when you think of Job, if you've heard of him before, it just you equate the name Job with suffering. That this man suffered incredibly. Uh, he was tested by, by Satan uh, with God's permission. That, that Satan had been in the presence of God and God says, have you considered my servant Job? And, and, and Satan essentially says to God, yeah, he's going to praise you and worship you because look how easy it is. Look how much you bless him and what you give him. Of course he's, he's going to worship and everything's going to be okay. And so... And God essentially says, says to, to Satan, well, I, I, don't, I don't think that's the case. I think he'll worship me no, no matter what. And uh, for whatever reason, God says, test him. Uh, Satan says he'll break, and God says no way. And uh, honestly, there's way more than we can address in that. There's a lot of complexity to that story, why God would even allow that to happen um, or, or encourage it to happen. But what does happen is this, is that Job experiences terrible loss and pain, tremendous loss in his life. He experiences financial ruin. His buildings literally fall down. His, his herds and his flocks are lost. Uh, his, children, uh, his children die. Uh, he experiences physical pain and ailments and, and suffering in his body. And, and, just, and it was just after one thing after another just got worse and worse and worse. And God's biggest, the, the only rule that God really gave to Satan was that you cannot, you cannot cause him to die. And, uh, you know, and not only does he have all of these afflictions, then he has the affliction of three friends who lack compassion and give terrible advice. And I don't know if you've ever had friends like that in your life, but when you read the book of Job, uh, the, these three friends come and sit with him, and then the things that they say just don't help. They're, they're not good friends to him. But in Job chapter 2, verse 7, uh, there's, there's an encounter between Job and his wife. And I want to read what this says. It says this so in verse 7, So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and afflicted Job, with painful sores from the soles of his feet to the crown of his head. And then Job took a piece of pottery and scraped himself with it as he sat among the ashes. And his wife said to him, Are you still maintaining your integrity? Curse God and die. He replied, You are talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God? And not trouble. And in all of this, Job did not sin in what he said. I know that 2020 has been a tremendously difficult year in in varying scales for all of us, but I don't think any of us have had a Job difficult kind of year. Uh, that, that Job faced things that I think uh, no one else in, in all of history probably has faced, at least to the degree. Uh, that he did. And there's, uh, there's something, there's just a real honesty and a real rawness about 
Job and his wife. And as you would read even that, that book uh, and, and the account of his life, you, you, you just come to realize that, that this man wrestled not just with the pain that he was in, ex- experiencing externally, but, but internally. And, and here in this particular passage with Job and his wife, um, I, th- I think she kind of gets a bad rap. Um, and, and I know I've even uh, referenced her kind of in a, man, how great is it when your wife is the one telling you just to curse God and die? But, but you know, she was suffering right along with Job because her kids had also died. Her house had also fallen down. She, she had lost all of those things, same things that Job had lost along the way. And so there's this place where, uh, you know, where it's easy for us to look from the outside in and, and, and judge. Uh, even, even today, we can look at other people's lives and, and, and say things like, well, you know, just do this and just do that. Or, you know, why don't you, without really understanding and coming from a place of compassion, uh, I found myself even in reading and, pre- and preparing for today that my heart welled up with compassion for this lady. For the first time, I've read this passage before, you know, and, and I've, th- I've read it with thankfulness that my wife's not like that. But the Lord just reminded me that this lady was suffering as well. And sometimes I think we become so aware of what the pain is in our own lives that we forget that there's people around us that are struggling and so I take that for what it is. Maybe that speaks to you today. It, it really impacted me. And so out of her pain, she speaks. And, and let's be honest. So often when we're in pain, we don't say the best things. Can, is that true? Have you found that to be true? When we're in pain, when we're struggling, when we're suffering, sometimes the things that come out of our mouths are not an accurate reflection of who we are. It's the pain speaking. There's an old adage that says that hurt people hurt people. It, it, that it just, it, it, it's not that you're wanting to, it just, it just kind of happens because of the agony. And, and so for, for Job's wife, she speaks out of her pain. And she says to him, are you still maintaining your integrity? And the whole thing is, even the advice of his friends is if you would just curse God, that he will strike you down and put you out of your misery. But Job's response is really key for us. And that's where I want to just camp out for a minute. Job says to her, and he says, you're speaking like a foolish woman. Not in a, and I don't, think, I don't think it was a derogatory statement. I think he just was he's putting up some boundaries saying, I can't, I can't entertain that. I can't go down that road with you. Even as hurtful as that would have been to hear those words. That Job says, shall we accept good from God? And not trouble. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? Earlier on, I mentioned this idea of blessing. That God would bless us. God bless me. We pray that God bless me. And it's a good prayer to pray. And does God want to bless you? Absolutely. But I think sometimes blessing might look different for the Lord. It might look different in the kingdom of God than it does for us. Because the reality is, is that in 2020, that this year has been chock full of blessing, that God has moved, that God has done things, that God has has continued to be sovereign. And if we will choose to look for those places where God is moving, that we would recognize the blessing that exists. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? 
It doesn't sit well with us. Let's just be honest. It doesn't sit well with us. It doesn't sit well even with a, a modern theology, a Western theology, that, 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 that this idea of suffering, that God would bring trouble into our lives. That it's hard for us to conceive of that. And, and maybe you're even going, Barry, I don't agree. I, I don't agree with that. And I would challenge you to go to the scripture. Jesus even said that in these last days that we would face trouble, that there would be persecution. And we have to really embrace and say, Lord, where am I at in, in even looking and, 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 and embracing a theology of suffering that would say, God, when I suffer, when I'm in pain, that I get a clear glimpse of who you are. C.S. Lewis in his book, The Problem of Pain, really unpacks that well. And he really says that it's, it's when things are good, that, that God, you know, God whispers to us, but it's in pain that he uses a megaphone and we hear his voice. And I encourage you, if you've not read that, C.S. Lewis, The Problem of Pain, um, it's a hard read, but it, it will, it'll wreck you in a, in a really good way. See, our concept of who God is and how he works doesn't have room for that, that God would allow both good and trouble. And when what Job says, should we accept it? It's not even that, that it just happens. Should we accept it? There's something here about what, God's, about what Job is saying about who God is. And of course, today I don't have time to adequate, adequately address this. This is a, a big subject for us. But I want you to catch this in what Job declares. There is an element of praise here. There's an element of praise. And it's not a, a exuberant clapping your hands, singing a song kind of praise. It is a glorifying of God that comes from a very deep and difficult place. It is in the midst of pain to be able to say, God, I am hurting. God, I am suffering. God, I am, I am disillusioned. But God, you're still in control. You are still the one who rules and reigns. You are still sovereign. And I choose to trust you that I will maintain my integrity, that I will choose not to, to, to go down a sinful path, that I will keep my eyes fixed on you. This is where Job approaches it from. This is the anchor for his life. And we're invited to do the same. And the avenue for that is thanksgiving. It's thanksgiving. It is crying out to God and saying, God, in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our suffering, in the midst of everything that's going on in our lives, to be able to say, God, I worship you. I praise you. I adore you. You are in control. You are good. I want to turn back to the Psalms. Psalm 96, verses 1 through 13, that was in our reading for our Lectio reading this week. If you've not had a chance to, to get on board with that, you can download the journal or check out Facebook. Every Monday, we're posting the verses for that week, and I encourage you to jump into to those passages. But we, we read this, this psalm. It says this, sing to the Lord a new song. There it is again with the singing. Sing to the Lord, all the earth, sing to the Lord, praise his name, proclaim his salvation day after day, declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deed among all people for the Lord, uh, for, for great is the Lord and most worthy of praise for he is to be feared above all gods. 
for all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and glory are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, all you families of nations, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound in all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Let all the trees of the forest sing for joy. Let all creation rejoice before the Lord, for he, uh, for, before the Lord, for he comes. He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and, peop- and the peoples in his faithfulness, in his chesed, in his loving kindness. This is, it's a lot, there's a lot going on in this psalm, and I encourage you to take time to reread it. This is a psalm of David. Uh, so the previous psalm was a psalm of Moses. This is a psalm of David. And, uh, and, and it's, imp- it's interesting to note that many of the psalms that David wrote actually started with lament. Now, this, this psalm in psalm, one, uh, psalm 96, he just goes right into praising the name of the Lord. But, but many of the psalms that David wrote actually started out of a painful place. They started out of a difficult place. Psalm 22 is an example of that. It's a place where David cries out in the midst of agony and loss and suffering. But he always ends with praise. So, for example, in Psalm 22, he says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer by night, but I find no rest. But listen to how he turns it around. He says, Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. That there's this shift of perspective. There's an honesty is an emotional honesty. There's a realness about David when he cries out to God. In fact, you might recognize those words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's the very same words that Jesus utters from the cross when God turns his back, when he takes our sin upon himself. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And in the midst of that agony, in the midst of that pain, in the midst of that anguish, And David then says, yet you are enthroned. And he turns back to the anchor of his faith. Doesn't mean that he all of a sudden just got really jubilant and happy. It just went, it means that he dug deep. And he's like, Lord, this is how I'm really feeling. But I know in the midst of it, you are still God. My friends, my family, loved ones, I know that for many of you, you're walking through difficulty. You're walking through pain. You're walking through agony. You're walking through loss. You might just be frustrated. You might be tired. And can I encourage you, instead of looking to the things of this world, to the things of this culture, to bring comfort and soothing, my, uh, my encouragement to you this week especially is would you turn to the Lord the same God that, that, that Moses and David and Jesus cried out to is the same God who is available to you, who never changes. 
that he's okay with us being honest and saying, I am, I am hurting. I am struggling. I am not in a great place. But God, you are faithful. God, show me your goodness. God, remind me of the ways that you have moved on my behalf. Shall we accept good from the Lord and not also trouble? God is in the midst of all of those things. Nothing is beyond his ability to redeem in our lives. So David writes in Psalm 96, sing to the Lord, proclaim his salvation, declare his glory. The Lord is great and worthy of praise. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name, bring an offering and come into his courts. What, a, what an amazing picture. David, David just shouting the praise of the Lord. And there's great examples in scripture of David dancing before the Lord and becoming just, just letting it all out. Out, just I, I have 80 song going through my head. Shout, shout, let it all out. But right, we just, G, David just let it all out. He was, I, I'm going to praise God no matter what. And it's interesting to note here that thanksgiving and gratefulness are meant to be done out loud. Thankfulness and thanksgiving and gratefulness are meant to be done out loud. If you think it, it's not thanks. If all you do is think it, it's not thanks. If all you do is think it, it's not gratefulness. That by nature, by design, that thankfulness is an expression that is directed at someone. That I give thanks to the people in my life who, you know, who might give me a gift or bring provision or, or bless me with something. And I would express my thanks and my gratefulness to them. And in the same way, we're called on to sing to the Lord, to shout to the Lord, to declare to the Lord. Notice in all of these passages, there's this theme. Say it out loud. Why? couple of reasons. First of all, it makes a declaration to the world. It, it lets the world know. And, and, and the psalmist, both Moses and David, write about this. Let the world know what God is, how good God is. But it's also a powerful reminder for us. It's one of those things when we say things out loud in a learning environment, we, we tend, to, re, we tend to, to own those things more. We, we're more receptive. We, we learn better when we recite. And so when we declare things out loud, and especially when we sing, that there's something that happens in our souls and in our minds that is refreshed and that is renewed. Say it out loud. Thank God. In, in, in verse 10, David says, Say it among the nations. The Lord reigns. The world is firmly established. See how, how David brings us back to this reminder. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. That God is in control. He, he, he designed it. He spoke it into existence. He, he established it. And it cannot be moved. It belongs to him. He is firmly in control. There is a peace that exists in that. The Lord reigns. The Lord reigns. He reigns in our lives. He reigns in our culture. He reigns in our, our nation. He reigns in this world. He reigns in our health. He reigns in our politics. He reigns in every aspect of our lives. And I'll tell you what. I don't believe that we're ever more aware of that fact when things are falling apart. We're never more aware of the fact that God is in control in those moments when we're not. In those times when we feel like we don't have control, that we are forced to come to a place to realize, God, you are in control even when I 
am not, even when I can't fix this, even when I can't make it better or turn it around. God, you are in control. I want to close with this. Hebrews 13 says this. Hebrews 13, 15 through 16. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. And do not forget to do good and share with others. For, for with such sacrifices, God is pleased. In the Old Testament, they had to go to the tabernacle and to the temple and they sacrificed grain and, and animals and oil. But worship and sacrifice in the New Testament are these two things. It's what we declare with our mouths and how we live, how we live our lives out. And Romans 12 talks about that. And how we engage with the people around us. Doing good to those and sharing with those around us. And those are two things that this week we get to celebrate. This week we get to practice. This week we get to do that. We get to say, God, thank you. With our mouths that we would declare it. But then we also get to do good to each other. And I would encourage you, look for the people around you, the people in your life who need a point of encouragement, maybe need some provision, maybe need some groceries this week. Would you pray and ask the Lord to, to quicken your heart in that degree, in that regard? And, and maybe if, if, you, if you feel led that way, by the way, if you want to maybe provide groceries for someone, please let us know. Um, you can reach out to us, send us an email at mail at thriveglendora.org, or you can call the church office. Um, and if you want to try, if you want to donate food, or we we will work to get that to people who need it and take care of them this week. This isn't a usual Thanksgiving, it's not. But I want to encourage you to choose this week how you move into this week, how you engage with this holiday. Uh, it's a cultural holiday for sure. It's not a religious holiday, um, but but we will we'll take it. We'll take it and we will turn the focus to the Lord because Thanksgiving really is a concept that is centered in who God is. Uh, for some of you watching today, you might not be here in the U.S., so Thanksgiving might not be something that you, you practice or you celebrate. Um, but that's okay because here's the thing. Every day is supposed to be a thanks day of Thanksgiving for us. Every day. We should, we should have this heart of thanksgiving. And so even if you're not watching in the U.S., you're in another country maybe, this week would you choose to express that thanksgiving to the Lord and would you find ways to be a blessing to others? I want you to consider a couple of questions. We're going to put them up on the screen. I'm going to read them right now, and then we'll put them on the screen at the end of service. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to leave those questions up for a few minutes. And I encourage you, before you move on with your day, would you sit with the people that you're watching today? And if you're maybe not in the same room, would you gather? And would you just consider these two questions? The first is this. In 2020, what am I thankful for that I otherwise would not have been? In other words, if 2020 hadn't happened, and if, uh, of course, 2020 would have happened no matter what, but if all of the things that have happened this year, pandemic and, and everything, everything else that has happened this year, if, that, if those things had not had happened, you know, what would you have not been thankful for? I'm, I'm, I'm messing up the question. Let me read it again. In 2020, what am I thankful for that I otherwise would not have been? There have been some gifts that God has given. There's things that he's blessed you with this year that were unexpected um, and maybe different and maybe difficult. 
But would you think for a minute about what some of those things might be? What, what are you thankful for that you otherwise would not have been if this was just a regular year? Uh, and then the other question is this. What aspects of God's nature and character can I be thankful for today? As you think about who God is, what is it about his character, his nature that bubbles up in your heart to say, God, I, I'm thankful for him. Would you express that out loud with the people you're with today? And Would you say, I'm thankful, God, for, and, and, then, and then express that. I'm going to close, and those words will be on the screen. Jesus, thank you. We praise you. We, we sing praise to you. We shout praise. Lord, Church, would you just do that with me? It might feel a little awkward, but... But just know this, that all around the, the, this community and around the world, that there would be people doing this at the same time. Let's just lift our voices. God, we praise you. We honor you. We give you thanks. You are worthy of our praise, and we honor you. We praise your holy name. We lift you on high today. Lord, I thank you for your faithfulness to us. God, I thank you for your chesed, for your loving kindness for your graciousness, your compassion, for your mercy, for your provision, for your justice, Lord, for all of these things that you lavish on us, that you extend to us, that you reach down and reach out to us, Lord, and engage us in relationship. And we give you praise. This week, Lord, I pray for comfort. I pray for peace. I pray for rest. I pray for provision over every home, over every household, over every person, Lord God. I pray, God, that that as for those who are hurting, Lord, that they would experience your rest, Lord, and your comfort this week as never before. God calls us to be sensitive to one another, Lord, to walk in compassion and kindness towards each other in the same way that you do to us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, I pray you have a great week and an amazing rest of your day. Take these next few minutes and talk about these questions and, and wrestle with them a little bit. Look forward to seeing you next week.